Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 1 Peter. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail them to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing our study in the first epistle general of Peter. That is, 1 Peter. And we finished last time introducing some of the instructions that we find there in chapters 2 and 3. These instructions in 1 Peter chapters 2 and 3 are for the various relationships that we have in our lives. Everybody's life is a fabric. It's a tapestry. It's a weaving. We have relationships of various levels, various types. We have relationships with those that are blood kin. We have relationships with those that are not blood kin, but probably are closer than kin. We have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, Scripture tells us. We have relationships with those in business and in working relationships. We have those relationships that um, transcend um what we might have thought relationships ought to be. We wind up uh, in a marriage relationship, perhaps, or in other relationships of, of dearest of friends. But we have a relationship that transcends all of that, of course, with our relationship with Jesus Christ. We transcend other relationships with our relationships of a family in Christ, being part of the family of God. Well, there are some personal personal instructions found there in verses 1 through 12 of 1 Peter chapter 2. As I take a look back there, we begin with a command that Peter, of course, I believe, got directly from the Lord uh, in the uh, inspiration of this word, lay aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisy, all envies, all evil speakings. So their personal relationships begin with this command. Then we find social relationships. The servants should obey their masters, give respect, not only those who are good and considerate, but those who are arbitrary and not so nice. Then in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, we see the relationships of the home. And uh, we see that home begins with the marriage relationship. Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That means unselfish devotion. And you're seeking 
by God's grace to win your husband's love and admiration. It could sound unreasonable to today's generation. However, we need to hear the injunction to the husbands there in chapter 3, verse 7, that they dwell with their wives according to knowledge. This makes a wife subject to the love which acts in knowledge and not according to selfish desires. It is the responsibility of a real man to be tender toward his wife. God's plan is that the love of husband and wife should be a mutual love, not one-sided at all, but a mutual love, each one considering the other and the other's preferences. The results will be a marriage relationship in which prayers are not hindered, as we see there in verse 7. And it is uh, true that prayer is the surest success of any marriage. Reread that verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them, that is, their wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now we are given several words that describe the Christian here in 1 Peter chapter 2, 3, and 4. And let's go through them quickly. You might want to jot them down. I'll try to to present them slowly enough that you could do that if you wish. Uh, A Christian should be a babe desiring the milk of the word. So I use the word babe. That's in verse 2 of chapter 2. We should be a living stone. There in chapter 2, verse 5. We're a living stone that's built into the temple of life. We should be a priest offering spiritual sacrifices. We should be a stranger because we're a stranger in the world. We're to be unspotted from the dirt and dangers of the world. We're to be a pilgrim. A pilgrim would be doing good deeds along the way to where they were going. And so we're to be a pilgrim. We're to be a citizen. We are to be obedient to the rulers even as we move forward. We're to be a man that is a man or a woman. We're to be a human, a human being. And we're to honor all men. We're to have the fear of God upon us. That awesome reverence that we've talked about. We're to be a servant subject unto Christ. We're to be a sufferer. To be patient, committing all that we have and all that we are to Christ Jesus. And then we get into chapter 4 verse 10 where we're to be a steward. And verse 11 tells us we're to be as speaking as an oracle 
of God. So we're to be an oracle. So let me give them to you again, uh, again slowly, but let me give them to you. We should be a babe. We should be a living stone. We should be a priest. We should be a stranger. We should be a pilgrim. We are a citizen. We are a man or a woman, a human. We are a servant, a sufferer, a steward, an oracle. Peter gives the way to be happy in a world that truly is a terrible place to be. A world that is wretched, as some would say. Uh, let's look at First um, Peter chapter 3 verses 10 through 12. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. This is a quote from Psalm 34, verses 12 through 14. Now, it was a remedy that worked in the day of David, and it works in the time of Peter, and quite honestly, it works in our day as well. If we want to love life, if we want to have good days, then don't speak evil. If we want to have love, uh, if we love life and we want to have good days, don't be filled with guile. Don't try to have subterfuge. Don't try to say one thing and mean something else. If you want to love life and have good days, flee from evil. Hate evil. Do good things. Seek peace. Make peace. Because the Lord is watching. The Lord is watching. The Lord is hearing our prayers. And the Lord is against those who are evil. So the best way of making life happy and prosperous is to keep away from evil. Don't speak it. Don't slander. Always be ready to overcome evil with good. Another important command is given there in verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. And then he has the provision with meekness and fear. Do you have an intelligent answer for others about why you trust in Christ? I know when we take folks on mission trips, we suggest they put together about a three-minute 
testimony. A three-minute answer to those who would ask them why they follow Jesus Christ. We're not asking for a sermon when we ask folks to prepare a three-minute lesson, a three-minute testimony. What we're asking for is for somebody to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in them. Folks do want to know. And also I could tell you that your story is unlike anybody else's. Your testimony is your testimony. No one else has one just like yours. No one else has gone through the same suffering that you've gone through in exactly the same way. No one has had the exact same life experience that you have had. We all come by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We all come through the cross when we come to faith, when we come to salvation, when we're born again. But we don't all have the same story. But everyone's story is important. Everyone has a story to tell of the grace, goodness, mercy, and love of Jesus Christ. Everyone has that story if they're in Christ Jesus. So always be ready to give an answer. One way to be ready is to be prepared to be prepared. And so when we ask those who go on mission trips with us to have a three-minute preparation of why they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, that is being ready to give an answer. What does it mean to you? Tell me your story. And that's what Peter is saying. Be ready in that fashion. Christ's sufferings in the flesh were real. They were physical. They were literal. They really happened. We see there in verse 24, who his own self, that is Christ himself, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that is on the cross. The Christian's suffering that's referenced here in 1 Peter 4.1 is a spiritual suffering. Christ suffered when he was put to death on the cross. He suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, it says there in verse 18, chapter 3. The Christian takes up his cross and follows Christ, and he denies himself the things, the, the attributes, if you will, of selfish living. He denies himself of self. And he takes up the cross of Jesus Christ. Now we find that in Matthew 16, verse 24. And it's put this way. Arm ye yourselves also with the same mind means the same as Matthew 16, 24, where it says, 
If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If any man will come after me, Christ said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Such a high resolve will involve a measure of actual suffering as well as spiritual suffering. God's will may cut across our desire to gratify some bodily craving, some desire that we have. Very few in this world escape suffering, whether that suffering be mental or physical or spiritual. And God does not give us the prerogative of choosing which way, what way, we will suffer. We do not have counsel with Almighty God and say, Lord, I would prefer to suffer only in the spiritual, the mental, the emotional, the physical. I would prefer to protect and to keep myself uh, totally untouched. God doesn't give us that prerogative. How arrogant that would be of us to tell Almighty God how we should live our lives. He tells us how we should live our lives. So it's quite often that God allows us to go through life denied the one thing we wish for more than anything else. We should be comforted in this very fact that whom God loves, he chastens. If he grinds down on the surface of our lives, it is that the stone of our life may shine more brilliantly. It's the many facets of the diamond that make it dazzle. And we know that the stone has to be ground. It has to be cut to make it so brilliant. Know that the greater the suffering in this life the greater the glory in heaven. And that's what it means there in verse 2 of 1 Peter 4, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. As a Christian, we have a unique perspective. Hopefully it's a correct one. We sometimes have to forego the gratification of even the right desires, the desires for the right thing. The natural cravings of the body for food and drink are not to be considered merely as ends in themselves. They've come to have a spiritual meaning. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we do all to the glory of God, as we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. But sometimes we have to refuse even our food for the sake of others. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 8.13. If meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth. This is the mind of Christ. Always preferring others over themselves. Always presenting a, an example to be followed. We need to be very, very careful not to follow the world. And that's mentioned there in verse 3 of chapter 4 as the will of the Gentiles. The heathen world desired the Jewish Christians to do uh, 
the various sins that are mentioned there, uh, such as lasciviousness. Uh, that Greek word means that which disgusts. Uh, we would think of it in the English vernacular as anything which excites impure desires. And so we're not to follow the world, the will of the world, or as it's mentioned here, the will of the Gentiles. The will of the pagans is not to be followed, but we're to follow the will of God. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.